0: We all know what you're trying to do. I'm trying to get rid of someone no one likes. Right, so disappear then. This isn't about me. Look, Ebony is a snake. If we just leave her be, she'll poison us all. Come on, Sleen. This isn't about what you think of me. This is for the tribe. I don't like her. I don't even
1: trust her, but I trust Bray. And he says we need her to keep the tribe safe. So we keep an eye on her, that's all. Besides, what's the alternative?
0: So welcome to series 2 episode 18 of conversation on eagle mountain a podcast about the tribe i'm your host lance and joining the podcast panel today is liz hello sabine hi and maggie hi with episode notes done by matt and myself so series 2 episode 18 the screenplay was done by tony osborne it was directed by costa boats and the episode synopsis were read out by maggie
1: Ebony takes advantage of her new position to beef up security during the antidote clinics, which doesn't go down well with some members of the tribe. By Sand's plans, for the next phase of the antidote rollout cause concern, and Ryan reveals Lex's troubled past to Celine. Um,
0: before we begin, <laughs> um, <coughs> obviously, what I posted in chat earlier, I, there were some weird camera shots in this episode. Um, one in particular really stood out for me, was the shot with Lex and Danny.
2: <laughs> I was Did wondering it, if
1: that's what you were referring to, because at first hey, I was hey. like, mm, and then I'm like, okay, I see it now. Did anyone else
0: notice it or see it? Or, like, was it just me? It just kind of stood out this, during this rewatch.
2: After you pointed it out? Yes. Before that? Nope. Yeah i don't really
1: pay that much attention to where danny's whereabouts are i'm just you know she exists whatever uh so i guess i wasn't really focusing on her in the shot you know but now that you've mentioned it it is
3: pretty odd that yeah that's what you meant i was like why mm-hmm. is he disappointed in costa but now i'm looking at the framing of that shot that is disappointing cinematography for him yeah we're
2: not used to that
0: no. Yeah, that's why I stood up. It's, it's odd. I, mean, I know that the, the tribe gets quite sexualized a little bit later on, but yeah, this is oh. odd.
1: Yeah, and I definitely could have been, the, the angle could have been framed differently too. It didn't have to be that, you know, right no. there.
3: <laughs> well, now that you bring that up, I'm curious. I've been wondering, you know, we talked about like the production and how they really pick up the pace in season two. And I wonder just how these kids are being run ragged working on this mm-hmm. show. And then, of course, we have to think about all the pickup shots that they're trying to get and trying to keep that continuity. And I'm thinking, the second unit probably really had their hands full trying to get these shots for them. And um, I, something tells me, there's something about this episode that tells me they didn't get enough coverage. I don't know what went wrong,
0: mm-hmm.
3: but there's something uninspired about the direction in the filming. It's almost like they're just getting what they can get. That's interesting. <laughs> So we're like, yeah. How dare you <laughs>
2: How dare you assume such <laughs> No but really If, you, if you're listening we want to know
3: It's because we respect your work Costa yeah. that's
2: all Phrase until now explain
0: right, Just to clarify yeah, to, um, to listeners um, it's, yeah, There's a particular camera short angle Used where you just see Danny's chest And Lex in the background and This is quite obvious it's
2: Very odd and at some point, it looks like that's what he's staring
1: at.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: That's what I mean. Like, it It could have been framed so differently, you know, like, just shot at a different angle, even just a foot to the left, and it would have looked entirely different.
3: Mm-hmm. And we only say this because Costa is such a good intuitive director mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. usually yeah. takes one of the most beautiful and creative shots we get. So it's noticeable when he's having an off day, I suppose. Yeah. It's not an inspiring screenplay, this episode, either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just saying. It's
1: something. Mm-hmm.
0: It, it exists. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised because this, this is the first time that this, I've heard of Tony Osborne. Um, and obviously, he's in charge of this flashback, which is quite surprising. But um, I, I'm not a fan of the flashback itself, but yeah, we'll get <laughs> to that in a bit. Um, okay, so the episode itself opens with Ebony going into full on security mode ahead of the day's Antonook clinic. However, things don't go according to plan when a problem with the radios leads to Jack opening the grill sooner than ordered. With Coney and Patsy worried about Ebony's reaction, Jack resolves them that he will take full responsibility for the decision. So first question, panel, Like, what did you make of Ebony's frenzied ramp-up of security and her displays of power throughout this whole episode?
1: Not surprised by it.
0: She is trying too hard. I mean, yeah,
1: she absolutely is trying too hard, but it's not, it's not a surprise in the least bit. You give Ebony no. a, little bit of, a little bit of leeway and she's going to go with as far as she can until you pull
3: her back. It's definitely a a perfect um, example of what Ebony is as a leader. It's competence. Mm-hmm. They're making it very clear how competent Ebony is at this yeah. job. I think that's important um, because she she's not doing her job wrong. She's doing everything right. She's getting things done. She's protecting them all. She's mm-hmm. doing what she's supposed to do. But she so there's that, and that's good. It's important for us to see that. Bray wasn't wrong in that sense, that Ebony could do this job. And then you have to add on this second element to it, though. She's a nightmare. She's a horrible person. She treats people like garbage. And that's the conflict. Do you want, like, when you're thinking about the security of your home, do you want someone who's super nice but really bad at their job, or do you want someone who's great at their job even if they're not a people person? And since that's a conflict in this episode, I thought it was really smart that they set this up. They show very clearly that Ebony takes her job seriously, she gets things done, and yet nobody likes her. And that's perfect for what's going to be coming up later in the episode, you know? So right. that's what I see. So someone who's brilliant at her job, but yeah, just don't talk to human <laughs> beings. You suck right. at that.
1: Right, right. It, it definitely shows the contrast between leadership in her and Bray and how each of them do things differently. Bray says he's going to get things done. He, you know, but Ebony, she does things. Mm-hmm. She always has, you know, just she when she says she's going to do it, she does it.
3: Yep, she's not here to be your friend. She's here to exactly. keep you safe,
1: and she knows that. You know, like she doesn't. She has no interest in being friends with these people anyway. And this just gives her even more reason, you know, to continue to to just be the be Ebony, and it's 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 perfect.
2: And let's not forget, she's not used to be to people even attempting to be friendly to her. She's just That's used true. to ordering people al- around. Right. She's all just the just time being afraid of her. Yeah. And that's what she's always used.
1: Yeah. You
2: know, the, the more afraid they are, the more likely they're to do her bidding.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's how you get
3: the job done.
1: Yep. She's yeah. always ran things on fear. That's for sure. Whereas, you know, Bray relies on just everybody apparently doing everything for him now.
3: <sighs> he just gets too concerned with do people like me? Yes. You know, yes. like that's. Doesn't matter when you're trying to get the job done. Sometimes, and granted, yes, likability is important. Mm-hmm. You gotta like your bleeder, you know. You gotta trust him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he gets more concerned with being liked with, than getting the job done. And this is Ebony. She's the other end of the extreme. And you could argue that Amber was smack dab I in the middle of these just two thoughts.
1: Say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, like she is literally right there in the middle. Whereas she is soft enough to understand where she needs to, you know, be gentle and use children, you know, child hands, kid gloves, right? And then she knows when she needs to stand her ground and when she needs to to make a decision and get things done.
2: Yeah. I think it is what Bray needs right now, you know? The yin to his yang, something completely different. Together,
3: they make that whole package, you know? It's just a great illustration that it's easy enough to say you want to be a leader. But do you understand what it takes to be a good leader? It's not an easy job. It's right. not fun. You know, it's he's a really figuring tough that job. Out. And I think he, he learned
1: or he's figured that out Like at this point. Yeah, he's he's realized being a leader isn't fun. He really did not want this job. You know, but in the beginning, he's like, maybe I can do it. No, you you can't do it without help. And he's not letting anybody help him.
3: And it's nice for the audience, too, who may, you know, the viewer is thinking oh well i think this person should be leader Mm. and the show is trying to illustrate that are you really thinking about the different forms of leadership it's not just as simple as putting the person you like the most in that leadership position you know you may not like ebony but she is getting the job done she's good at what she does so Mm -hmm. there's that to consider or you may really love bray but he Mm. sucks at the job these are the things you have to consider like it's not about just putting your favorite person in right. this position and thinking, then they Danny can too. do it. And you have Danny exactly. too, who
1: runs by the law, the rule of the book, right? She's a leader of the law, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, everything is by the book, whatever. And you've got the three different options, but the only one that's doing anything or getting anything done is the worst of the three. Yeah. But it is what it is and you know at this point she has this this leverage she feels like she has over them right she knows the antidote what else does she really she could just pick up and leave like that's it she doesn't have to do this so I mean I'm not saying it's a good thing she's still doing it because she still is you know she just wants the control right with the mall rat's name she's got the control she knows if she were to go out on her own who's gonna come to her or anything right yeah Um, she's got a keep that control with the mall rats and she's just weaseling her way up there and
3: here she is now <laughs> it's almost like she figured out what bray didn't figure out mm-hmm. that yeah she could take the antidote someplace else but what good would it be yep. if people weren't gonna come to her and pay for <laughs> mm-hmm. it yep.
2: but she could still use it as a threat but is that all that she's after she doesn't want to be alone and if she's with the mole rats no matter how mean she's,
3: she is to them she's not alone That's she's true. not on her
2: own that's true.
3: What, what does Ebony want? Ebony wants to be in control of the most powerful outfit out mm-hmm. there. That's, mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to. That's the mall rats. And right now, she recognizes that, yeah, she could take her antidote formula someplace else and build up. But it again, the mall rats are giving it away for free. So why would anyone go to her? She's not going to be able to build up that power base. I think the reality hit her. That, no, I won't be able to do it. Even if I have this antidote formula, I'm not going to be able to just get people to come to me or choose me over the mall rats, staying here and taking over these mall rats and reshaping them would be easier. Yeah. Yeah, there's that too.
0: Do you think her, like, this is like her first day in leadership. Do you think she went overboard a little bit? Maybe. Because, um, we obviously, apart from all the arguments and stuff, we see like that raw display of power where she gets the militia to do this tribal dance to frighten everybody. Like, what did you make of that?
3: of so, uh, overcompensation. Yeah, definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. It's really, you know, kind of similar to what she did when Zoot first died. You know, that display of power as the priestess, right, in front of everybody. Um, she just wants them to know she's there. And that they are there and they're not going anywhere.
3: Ebony does strike me as someone who had to spend much of her youth proving herself. And I'm not going to go into who I think she was trying to prove yeah. herself to, yeah. but she was proving herself a lot growing up. And this has just become second nature to her, to constantly mm-hmm. prove herself, that somebody's watching, someone is judging you, and so Ebony is always right there ready to show, I'm so good at this, I'm great at this, you can't do this without me. She's always performing yeah. all the time. It goes
1: to her, you know, mm-hmm. to that, you know, her reputation, she's always got to have that, that self-image and that image that everybody else sees her as, even if it's not who she really is. She has to play this part. And
3: this is all part of it. It's like if you got the job, you start a job somewhere and there was a competition for who was going to be get the, you know, management position. Okay. You're not the most popular person at your job, but you are competent. You are good at what you do, but nobody likes you. And they resent the fact that you got picked to be manager. That first mm-hmm. day you gotta go out there, you are going to overcompensate mm-hmm. to prove Yep. You were fairly given the position. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's all that's going to be on your mind the whole time. You're going to know that nobody wanted me to have this position, so I have to prove I deserve to be mm-hmm. here. Yep. Yep. And, yeah, you're going to end up losing your mind sometimes.
1: Yeah. yeah like, yeah, it was just, <laughs> it, was, it was a little bit much. It was a little bit much because it kind of was like, whoa, that's what she's doing, you know? Wasn't expecting it. But then when you break down the character and who she is and, you know, it's like, okay,
3: that makes sense for her. You know, everybody's talking behind your back in the Mm -hmm. break room Mm -hmm. talking about how like, oh, she only got this job because she's the boss's daughter or something like that. You know what I mean? That's what's going on all day long. So you're just like, I'm going to prove to these mofos that I deserve to be here. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. yeah, That leads to onto the shout out with Jack. You stupid little moron. Do you know what could have happened today because of you? It wasn't just him. Shut up. I made a decision. It was wrong. I'm sorry. You don't make decisions. You obey my
1: orders. You got that? You're horrible. We couldn't hear your stupid orders.
3: Leave it, Chloe.
2: Yeah. I've got that.
1: You better start growing up, Jack. Fast. Because we don't have room for little boys around here.
0: Um, what, what do you think? Do you side with Ellie that Jack should have stood up for himself more?
1: Yes i do i do because i really do feel like he should have in this moment you know like he made a mistake but she was ebony's a bit much and i think it goes back to like what liz was saying you know that first day so she has to come down hard on the person that made the mistake to show an example to everybody else you know uh jack could have stood up for himself because what is she gonna do what is ebony gonna really do to him i i i I, I mean (laughs) like like, really what what can she do to him what is anybody going to allow her to do to him nothing he's terrified of her and we see that later in the show too you know he is absolutely terrified of ebony Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. he is yeah i often forget just how scared of her he is
1: and we do we what is it season season three you see it you know like it's it's bad
2: Yeah, I always wondered because I don't really think there was any point in him standing up to her. Yeah. You know, it was nice enough that he told the girls, look, I'll take responsibility so they don't have to face her rat. But yeah, he knows what he did wasn't the most practical thing. So Jack's a practical guy. He'll just figure out that this is the only way he can go. Yeah. Like, get it over with. Yeah, sorry, I was stupid. Okay, and next thing. And how bad did he really think she was going to yeah. react, you know?
0: It's just a bit it's just a little bit weird cuz obviously Jack would usually defend himself yeah. even a little bit. Who's like who explain yeah. oh the radio wasn't working or this or that or who, who but here he just meekly like yep, that's it. <laughs> I did it. Maybe Ellie fault.
1: broke him over the last few days. <laughs> I don't know. And he's like I am so tired or- of women yelling at me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he just doesn't want to be bothered with it. Easiest way to get yeah, away from to Ebony? Is just be like, okay, just
3: say she's right. Yeah,
1: you're right. That is, true. and get it over with. And Jack is a practical man. You're right.
3: I do like the fact that Jack could have. He could yeah. made an argument. There was a fair argument yeah. to make for you know Ebony blaming him for this. You know because the, the truth mm-hmm. is I don't feel like he was at fault. Um, Ebony, your job, first of all, is to make sure that all of your underlings can communicate with you clearly. You did not double check these walkie talkies <laughs> to make sure he would even be able to hear you. So you are at fault, Ebony. Um, but who's but in charge of those walkie talkies? No, my point is, she didn't double check to make sure those walkie talkies would work. Yeah. At the end of the day, the ball, the buck stops with her. She's at the top of that pyramid. But again, I, I get that she's got to, you know, Enforce her rule and make it clear I won't let that mm-hmm. Happen again so I'm just saying Jack had an Argument he could have made yeah. Yeah. and The old Jack would have certainly made it Because the old Jack never wanted to take any responsibility For his mistakes right. I am wondering what Shift has happened in Jack's mind Since you know yesterday That he um, is willing To take responsibility for Even though it's not entirely his fault He he, he mans up He's, He grows a pair of ovaries and says Okay I take it Thank you. I'm sorry, I won't make that mistake again and lets it go. And I'm just like, who are yeah. you? <laughs> what? Jack took criticism without popping a, a blood
1: vessel what or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Ellie broke him. <laughs> she she broke him, what? What happened? broke him Or he's so in love that nothing bothers him anymore.
3: That's true. He's being super nice to the girls. Uh-huh. I love how Chloe takes advantage uh-huh. of that. Uh-huh. Like, you're gonna fix my skates while we're at it Since you're being so nice <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh Chloe you scamp But um yeah I, I just Thought it was interesting that Jack is Where did this maturity come from <laughs> When did you grow up Jack He's just like I have an urge and I've become a different Man now <laughs> <laughs> I have become oh.
1: Are you alright I'm fine I just want to get out of here That's all She's trying to protect us Dal. No. She thinks she can take Amber's place. But she can't. No one can.
0: Despite the threat of the Chosen, Dow decides to return to the farm, making it clear that he's not impressed with Ebony trying to take Amber's place. With the original Mormat's farm team now reduced to just Dao, how do you all feel about his increase in isolation from the rest of the group? Um, yeah, what do you make of that?
3: It's a good illustration, because we are supposed to be showing that, the you know, Again, this is about the deterioration of this group while they're too busy Mm -hmm. trying to fix everybody else in their own home and their people. It's all falling apart. So I think this really just adds to that theme. You know, the fact that they don't even notice that they're not really together. Everyone's off doing their own thing. Nobody feels a solidarity inside them all. So that works. I don't know how much it does for Dal's character. They don't do anything with it. But, you know, it's just one of those little things like, okay, that, that works with the theme. and. You know, the fact that these guys aren't going to be on the same page when they're going to need each other the most. And it does play into season three when you consider the lack of trust everyone yes. has for each other, the lack of communication mm-hmm. when they need it. So, yeah, you know, it works. I don't think it's anything unique or special, but
1: I am. I'm glad he it, mentioned Amber. It was nice to hear. It's say like,
3: it. yeah, he's seeing
2: Ebony take charge. A strong female leading the tribe again And he's like, yeah, that reminds me of Amber But she's no Amber
3: I just thought it was really interesting That we've always compared, you know Danny to Amber, blah 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 But I just think it says something That in the script There's only a couple people who ever compare Danny And Amber, you know, and it's almost like an offhand Joke that they compare them But Mm -hmm. this is, I just think there's something Very significant about Dal Comparing Amber to Ebony Because Mm -hmm. I honestly feel like those two have way more in common. And they don't get compared enough in the fandom when you really think about it. I don't think it's an accident that Dal, who's supposed to be the character who knew Amber the longest and was the closest to her. He doesn't see Danny as a replacement for Amber at all. It's Ebony he sees trying to take over. That's who he Mm -hmm. sees. It says just how similar Amber and Ebony actually are. That even her quote-unquote best friend he sees it enough that he's like i need to get the frick out of here i yeah. can't even be here that's how much it bothers me he never felt like that about no. danny you're right mm. i just thought that was interesting i'm like i don't think that was an accident that's a little nugget put
0: in there some writer i'm just trying to remember that that doesn't get much to do really in season two does he He does not get
3: mm. no he gets to play for a boy but then again dal isn't even he's not even a secondary character, he's more of a tertiary yeah. character. He's just you know, someone who's there, but he doesn't do much to move the plot. That's just not his role. He's just chilling most of the time, yeah, growing tomatoes to make his ketchup.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Imagine
3: that's all he's ever wanted. He just wants to grow. I mean, he obviously tomatoes. doesn't
1: want to deal with the sheep, you know,
2: like <laughs> this isn't what I, I didn't want to work Girl. with
1: animals. <laughs> no, he just wants his ketchup. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and since the man who provided his ketchup is now after
3: Ellie, eh, time to grow them himself. Isn't that a metaphor for moving on in a relationship? Dang.
1: <laughs> I don't need your ketchup anymore. I'll make my own.
2: <laughs> That's going <laughs> to stick.
0: <laughs> okay, let's move on to Lex. So he tries to draw up support to drive out. Queen Bee Ebony, but fails to get any from the rest of the tribe. With Celine pointing out there that having Lex back in charge wouldn't be any better. See, so yeah, panel, what do you think about the Morats' overall perception of Lex at the moment, and just how much they wouldn't to put up with Ebony because of Bray?
3: It makes sense. As I, you know what I mean? It makes sense. Remember, everything Lex has done yeah. to these guys, everything they've seen out of Lex, from the moment they met him, Regardless of how we can see sometimes Lex actually is trying to do the right thing, it doesn't change his perception from other people and how he's treated them and how they feel and that for them, Lex has never proven to care or to do. He's had opportunities where he could have. He could have put their safety above his. But for them, they're just not seeing that. They're not ever. They don't see any proof of Lex ever really doing anything to protect them, or keep them safe, or giving a damn about any of them, um, or you know, thinking of anyone other than himself. They just have too many examples of Lex being a selfish prick who didn't care about yeah. anybody and willing to throw anybody under the bus. So yeah, I completely understand where it, that's the whole point. They're telling Lex, "You were so bad of a friend." and a tribe mate and a guy who was supposed to handle security that we would rather put up with the evil witch of the west than give you another shot like that's how we feel about you yeah and they're blaming him right now for
1: trudy being gone Mm
2: -hmm.
1: they're 100 percent blaming him
2: i have to say alice sums it up nicely though when lex mentions that He's trying to get rid of someone no one likes, and she just goes, great, so disappear then. Dang, I was like, man, <laughs> I
1: just... Alice. I oh, know. that you hurt know. me. You're well done. Like, I could feel that burn all the way over here 20 years later. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he set himself yeah, up he, for he it. He did, too.
1: He did, too. I really don't know what he was expecting. Honestly, like he, he set himself up for embarrassment. And I think that really is just the start to his embarrassment this season.
2: Yeah. Cause at this point he really thought that they would side they with him, their,
1: you know, but they, they, it's not that yeah. they hate him. I don't even think they really hate him. I just think that they, he's not worth their time anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, is sad, you know, and we just see this now. It's just going to spiral from here with Lex.
3: It might actually be worse that they don't exactly. hate him. They literally mm-hmm. just don't have any energy for him. Like, that's yeah. actually worse. You know? Like, you don't even inspire it. Because yeah, they didn't even care
1: about the vote yeah. that was happening. They were just like, we're okay. This is not going to happen, but fine. You know, like, whatever. Um, and it, it was kind of sad to see because it's like they just kind of lost every bit of any type of faith that they had that maybe he was going to be a better person. Um
2: yeah. yeah, there's just no use to Lex.
1: Exactly. And you see it. They're like, you're you're useless. We have Ebony, you know, taking care of security. We have Bray leading the tribe. Like, we, we don't need
2: you, Lex. Yeah, they might not like Ebony, but at least he's exactly. productive. Exactly.
3: She's doing yeah. her and job. Lex never did him and his. And you don't have to like her because he never did his. And you add that on top of how mm-hmm. he treated everybody. And like you guys said, many of them blame him for the fact they didn't get Trudy back. Not He's saying not that's fair, fair, but that's how they feel. Because I do think know? that he was trying to help in that
1: situation. He really thought, if I can get down there and release their boat, there's no way they can leave. Like, he was trying to help, but it was just a very poor decision, you know? Mm-hmm.
3: And again, you have to blame Ebony and Danny for that. They're the ones who propagated yeah. that narrative when they got back, you know? Um but, you know, I again, I don't feel no. bad for Lex because it's like you did this to yourself over and over again. How you treat people. This is just karma coming it back is. to you. Penfold. You know, what you put out in the world. And this is what's coming back to you. Nobody's on your side. And he seems genuinely shocked. Yes. And no one's on his side because... He- He lacks that self-awareness to realize just how poisonous his personality is and how it affects people. Because the way Lex sees it is, sure, I'm a jerk sometimes, but I'm nice sometimes, aren't I? Don't you like when I'm nice? And he doesn't get that being nice every once in a blue moon to someone doesn't make up for how awful you make them feel on a daily basis. You know, you can treat someone like garbage and say sorry once, but that doesn't make it all go away. And a lot of people don't realize that. They really do not real. they don't see just how toxic they are and how much people don't like their energy. So they're shocked when they're in a moment like this with Lex, where he has no choice but to have a mirror held up to his face where he realizes nobody here actually likes me. Mm-hmm. Nobody has any faith in me. Nobody wants me around. Oh, what a wake up call this That's is for Lex. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. He's gonna go right off the precipice at this realization. This is that
1: you know the edge of the cliff for him, and he he's gonna free fall from here. And that I for me personally, it kind of sucks to see, you know, because you hope you hope so badly that he's gonna get it together and he's gonna prove everybody wrong and he's gonna be this bad boy character that eventually you know becomes the hero or whatever. But he, it just doesn't happen.
0: Okay, um, we think cut to a scene with Ryan and Celine together where he explains that he can't give up on Lex to know about their time together in boot camp before the adults died um, yeah, panel, what was your overall reaction to the boot camp flashback
1: I don't think it did Lex any favors you know like I, maybe it was meant to show a side I don't know it just kind of showed everybody the same side that we already see he's always been this little can't say it but not a nice... Troublemaker? Yes. <laughs> um, he's a little crap of a child, you know? Like, he was never... Uh, he always talked back and he, he didn't handle authority well. And, and the fact that Ryan handles that he needs to be his protector, you know? Like, he needs to be the one that makes sure that he's either in the fray with Lex or he's getting him out of it. Um, and, and for him to still feel like he needs to do that even now after everything... Oh, what a good. I love Ryan. <laughs> mhm. And I don't think that flashback did any any favors to show us a different side or I mean or even why Lex is the way that he is. I was hoping that's what we'd get. But there's no indication as to why he ended up the way that that he is now. He just has always been a turd, you know.
0: Yeah. It's rather weird because uh, you, you expect it to show you like how mm-hmm. why Lex is the way he is, but in, instead it, it almost kind of shows you why Ryan has to protect him. That's what
1: it is, you know. It's absolutely, and yeah. that's why for Celine to be so understanding really didn't make sense to me because she should have been like, "He doesn't deserve you to continue. To, he's done this and he's done this and he's done this to you. He has to fall and he has to bring himself back up." Right? Like, that's what Celine should have said. She shouldn't have been like, "Oh Lex or Oh uh, Ryan, I had no idea." Right? But it just, she's enabled him continue to be Lex's, I don't know how to, I don't know how to put it,
3: like, yeah. all guy, if you will. He's the one who pick up, picks up the pieces. I didn't like this flashback because it doesn't make sense for what Ryan is saying. Like you said, this, he's speaking to Celine. Like, what he's about to tell her is going to explain Ryan. the dynamic between he and Lex. You know, why he feels devoted to Lex and why Lex is the way he is. That is what he says to Celine. okay? So that's what you're expecting going to the flashback. Now, on its own, the flashback's not bad, but it doesn't answer the questions that Ryan just set up for us. It does not tell us why Ryan feels like he's Mm -hmm. got to protect Lex. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm still not getting it. Okay, so you're just saying that Ryan is naturally nurturing and would take care of any self-destructive lout he Mm -hmm, came across? Like, it didn't even have to be Lex? Like, he says, Lex always looked out for me, but I don't see that happening in this flashback. I don't see a moment where these boys connect, where it's just, like, Ryan says, that's it. I'm going to be there with you because of what you've done for me. Lex does nothing for Ryan in this Tied flashback. From
1: that, that one that moment where he tells nothing. Ryan to go
3: after... And that's mm-hmm. it. That's it. And that, that hardly counts yeah. as a moment that's, like, I'll be grateful to you the rest of my life or whatever. Um, So... I think it's a poor flashback for that. And like you guys said, it doesn't tell me anything more about Lex than I already knew. I knew he was self destructive. I knew he was a sexual predator. I knew he was abused by authority figures. So, what was the point of this? I don't, I learned nothing. I learned more about mail than I did about Lex. I learned more about the corrupt authorities going on during this time than I did about Lex. I learned nothing about Ryan. He's just in the background of his own flashback. Right. You know, um, I'm like, when, like you said at the end, when Celine's like, wow, I had no idea. And it's just like, what did you learn, Celine? That would make exactly. you so sympathetic other than the army was really bad to underage right. boys. Right. right. <laughs> like,
1: what did right. you learn? Like, are we supposed to feel bad now because Lex was molested, right? Is that what it is? That's what I'm wondering. Because that's the only thing that I can yeah, take exactly. from him. Like he was abused by, you know, a sexually abused by an authority figure. And now we're meant to understand him more.
3: hmm And I'm like, that's not even the reason. He- I mean, granted, you're right. Mm-hmm. That's messed mm-hmm. up. But they, I feel like yes, they gloss they over did. the fact they made it- that he was kinda actually assaulted. A, a joke, in a sense, you know? Like, she did this
1: mm-hmm. to him, and she made it his fault, and then he ends up in trouble in the end, and it's funny.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: They don't even treat the sexual mm-hmm. assault like it right. traumatized Lex. It was more like, you know, he's just the kind of guy who'd get into that right. situation, mm-hmm. you know? And, well, like,
1: what? I, are you trying? Mm-hmm. And Ryan ends up hurt, you know, getting punished in the
2: end for it. Like, but I do, th- do think since Ryan's the one telling this, it's seen from Ryan's point of view where he first says, oh, no, but there's nothing on Lex's boots, so there's nothing. He didn't do anything, and then just takes it all as. Um, Ma'am just taking everything out on Lex He sees Lex as the innocent
3: Even though Lex wasn't Again, that still isn't answering real questions For who Lex is Or why Ryan feels so devoted to him Again, again, it feels like Well, okay So there's nothing special about Lex and Ryan Ryan would have done this for anybody Mm -hmm. That he just happened to come across Who was having a rough day And he would have in and become the wingman with no provocation and no. I mean, I kind of wonder if they're trying to tap into the universal connectivity that does happen to servicemen and service mm-hmm. women. Um, I have a lot of military people in my family, and there's something they usually will all say, and and my boyfriend as well. That when they meet each other, they don't have to know much about each other. and All they have to know is where each other served. And there's a sudden connection. Mm-hmm. Because they know they've all shared something that us civilians will never yeah. understand. You know? Um, but I don't think they're doing a good job of that either. If that's what they're going for. So, I just... I'm like... This is not a great flashback. And I actually was more disappointed by it today because I think I remembered it as showing me more, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I thought today, I was like, oh, this is like five minutes of nothing I needed
1: to see. (laughs) Like, and you know, the other thing that we get from this, you know, or what I can get from this, the only other thing is, uh, okay, so Lex gets himself into all these situations, sets himself into trouble, and then Ryan takes the fall. You know, and he always has. That's how he feels like he's helping Lex. hmm By either getting into trouble with him or, you know, being the one who takes, you know, the brunt of it. Like, that's how he feels like he, he helps him.
3: <sighs> and again. I'm fine with that, but I don't even know why Ryan wants to help this particular it, no, person. No, me neither. They, didn't,
1: me neither. they
3: yeah. didn't explain it to me. I'm like, you haven't given me a reason for why Ryan feels this devotion to him. Other than, apparently, he'd feel this devotion to any self-destructive person he met, I guess. Which, what does that say about his relationship Was he Celine? not like
1: her <laughs> man picking on, on Lex in the beginning? He couldn't take it because he had been picked on so much, so he felt like he needed to protect mm-hmm. him. Like, we just need to know these things. And we didn't get any of that.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly.
1: Because that would make sense, but
3: <laughs> so as flashbacks. but we go, needed more. Yeah, you just, yeah. You definitely you kind of wasted this flashback oh, yeah. completely.
2: I, so. I will say this one thing about this flashback: they did a great job in the casting of Ma'am. Yes, love her. <laughs> I mean, she can just pull this off with just you know making it believable. Yeah.
1: I will say I didn't like Ryan attacking the lady at the end. That kind of, I was like, ooh, I didn't, I didn't care for that one too
2: much, you know? He actually responds the same way you see him respond later in yes. next season. Yes, yes, he does. But it's just, it's
1: like.
0: That's exactly what flashed <laughs> in my mind when yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> me too, you know?
1: It's just, yeah. I think it was different for me because I, I thought about it. I'm like, that's a woman. He just grabbed a woman by her hair and pulled her over that table. And so it kind of shows shows us he's just a little. He's capable of a little bit more, and we what they show, yes, and what we think sometimes, you know.
3: Well, maybe they were trying to comment on the egalitarian between men and women that these women are being Mm -hmm. abusive to underage boys in their care. So at this moment, they have lost the privilege of being treated like ladies, as from a gentleman. Um, cause in the end, the boys are the ones who are truly right. the victims. Right. Yes.
1: These are mm-hmm. children,
3: you know, even if Lex is a dick, he's a child mm-hmm. and he's in your care, you know what I mean? And you sexually abused him and that's just glossed over, you know? Um, so, yeah. uh, I don't really care yes. that Ryan attacked him because I'm just like,
1: a woman raped a boy. I really don't care. Yeah, when you say that, when you say that, you know, and you, you see that, that kissy face that she gives him, and Ryan sees it, and he, he realizes that they do not care. They don't care about them or about what has happened. He loses it.
3: He loses As far it. as Ryan knows, he's attacking yes. Lex's rapist. Mm-hmm. So, if anything, it just tells us that Ryan treats all sexual assault the same, no matter who the victim is or the assaulter. Mm-hmm. Like, it is not okay to do that to somebody.
0: It's weird like Was it needed in this It feels weird that it was put into this flashback
1: I, I don't know and that's why I'm saying if <clears throat> if we're trying to feel sympath- if they're, They want us to feel sympathetic to Lex Because this has happened to him And this is why he has become th- The way that he is now And so mm. be it You know like then fine That it makes sense I guess But we don't get that clarification It's so random and And out there that it's kind of not, I don't know. It doesn't, it seems it's out of place weird. a little bit. Yeah. If they were to clarify it.
0: like We don't see him being destructive. We don't see him like bullying or being bullied really apart from this sexual right. assault. Mm, right. No, no, no. There's,
2: there's a moment where she just keeps telling him that he's trash. Yeah. That's. It actually, for me, it connected with the moment between Bray and Lex,
3: where Bray is forcing him to say that he's trash. I'm sorry. For me, I personally just feel like this is a cheap way to try yes. and garner sympathy points for Lex. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, it doesn't work for me. You can't show me a character being absolute garbage to everyone. And every, you know, just treating everybody like there's something under his boot or her boot. And then show me one bad thing that happened to him and think that makes it all go away. Like, I'm going to be like, oh, well, that's fine then. It's okay that you did all all of these horrible things and you have such a horrible outlook and the way you treat everybody because this bad thing happened to you all is forgiven this is a mm. lazy way to garner sympathy for Lex it doesn't work for me mm. i'm sorry this is not enough i already knew yeah. bad things happened to lex so sorry like that doesn't excuse anything he did i would have liked to
1: have seen something more from like him in school or his parents or something that would have mm-hmm. given us an indication as to why he was such brat i guess
3: and I don't even need a reason for why Lex is the way he is. I can already infer. He's an abused yeah. child. I don't need to see one incident of his father doing something horrible to him to understand. I get that. Mm. I do need to understand why Ryan is so devoted to him. You know what I mean? I need to know. That is what I need to answer for. Ryan cannot give up on him. No matter what Lex does to people and the people that Ryan loves, that's the only thing you needed to answer. And you didn't even give me that. So you wasted your time and mine. Flashback. But the boys look cute (laughs) in their uniforms. Also,
1: the uniforms uniforms they mean something they had the Mm -hmm. barcodes again they all mean something they must have gotten these uniforms when they started sending people to boot camp and you know to the countryside and so it's it
2: i think that might have been how they were divided what type of
1: group they were put in yep yep you know lex and ryan conscription to the army right like
3: that's where they go uh so it's i'd be i'm really curious to know what the other ones mean Ryan, why couldn't you even tell me why you got constricted to the army? What's up with that? Hi, what'd you do, bud? What'd you do? Were you just
1: were you an older man, a big a big fella, a little strong there, you know? Like, you
2: know, maybe he had an outburst like he has in the end. That's true. That's cool, you know?
3: <laughs> I just feel like if you're going to take the time to give me a flashback, it shouldn't raise more questions that's than true. it answers. Just had a conversation with Celine. If this is how sparse this flashback is, it doesn't give me anything I really needed, anything I was desperately wanting to see. Then, dude, you could have saved the yeah. budget and just had filmed a good conversation between he and Celine. Because again, this flashback and their conversation do not feel like they're talking about the same thing we just saw. You know, I, I, if he had told me this, like, oh, I met Lex in the military and they were terrible to us. Um, I mean, Lex wasn't any different yeah. than he is now But, you know, I just, I don't know why, I just kind of felt responsible for him And then something happened to him I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, now I understand everything I would just be like, yeah, but he's not your right. responsibility, Ryan Like, I still don't get it That's yeah. how I respond I still don't get why you feel like you have to take care of him If he told me yeah. this story, exactly. you know So I'm just like, this is a work, this exactly. is not work but whatever, this is a cheap shot. So you know, people will feel sorry for Lex, and it works for people. It just doesn't work for me because I write. I recognize this trick, and I'm like, nah. As a writer, you guys could have done way better to make me care about this character. And you're taking <laughs> a cheap shot to make up for all the horrible things he's done. I mean, granted, they put more effort into this at least with Jay. They're just like, let's just film you in a dark room holding a body. That's All we're doing. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just a cheap way to get sympathy points for a character who has been absolute garbage to everyone, and say this is the reason why, and you should forgive them for how they've yeah. treated everybody because something bad happened to them. I'm like, get right, out of my you know, face! And, with and, that.
1: and how he's going to treat people in the future? Mm-hmm. And it's sad to see Celine say, "Oh, I understand now," because now she's going <laughs> to show more sympathy towards Lex, and then <laughs> yeah, so it just it's it's oh. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but maybe okay, okay, maybe. Let's I wanna give the writer some credit. Okay. <laughs> maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the point. Maybe this is the story of an enabler with an abuser. Ryan here is feeling sorry for his friend, but he can't even give us a good reason why he feels such a devotion to Lex. We see that. He doesn't give a good reason, but his girlfriend, who loves him, is trying to be supportive. So she's like, okay, it obviously means something to Ryan to try and take care of Lex. So maybe I can make life easier on him by trying myself. I'm going to reach out and try to take care of Lex. And then yeah. we see what happens from that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the lesson.
1: Maybe you know, and then
3: it, maybe yeah. there's a point to it.
1: And then Ryan, you know, reaches that break. It's yeah, yeah.
3: You oh. can't enable abusers. You can't just be like, oh, bad things happen to them, so that's okay to let them do what they do because it backfires. You know, maybe that's what they mm-hmm. were doing. Okay. right. That's me just looking for an inkling. Can I see you. That the writers okay. might have known what they were doing. I see what I'm saying. You see me? <laughs> Maybe it was just really too subtle. merely just <laughs> a hidden in you gotta there. Gotta watch it
1: five or six times to really get it. Don't only say that, Danny, because you believe people should be bound by rules. I can see it in your aura, but that is not what I believe. Oh God,
3: Danny, take it easy.
1: She's gonna give our future away. Can't you just see that your ideas are stupid and dangerous?
0: If you want to give away the formula, I can't stop you, but there will be a price. If you do, you'll no longer be a part of this tribe. Okay, so that leads us to our final thoughts of the episode. So Taisan reveals that she wants to teach travelers how to make the antidote so that it can spread beyond their region, which puts her in direct conflict with Ebony, Danny, and Bray. First question, panel. How do you think that this plan sits with Taisan's original stance of not revealing the formula to anybody?
1: Uh i think she's realized her plan for having any bit of control is now in jeopardy because ebony is now the you know co-leader um so she's like okay what can i do it's not too drastic you know not releasing it to everybody in the city right uh just the travelers uh it it (sighs) to me it's not a bad idea uh
2: to me, it felt like she just wanted to undermine it. I know, and that's what I'm
1: saying. Like, I feel like it is that, but to me, it's not a bad idea. But in her mind, it definitely is, well, Ebony has control now. What can I do to get under her skin? Mm-hmm. You know?
3: There's definitely a lot of that going on. If you'll notice how the episode opens nobody's really doing what ebony wants them to do it's their form of rebellion against her Mm -hmm. we've already seen how tyson's acted about that lab room we've seen her throw a tangent pitch a fit scream at alice because she left the room for a minute Mm -hmm. even though she left it locked on and on so you're going to tell me this same person is going to be like I'll leave the lab door open because the antidote is free. Yeah. She's just doing this to get back at Ebony. Mm-hmm. She's rebelling against, she was not on board with Ebony being joint leader and everybody's kind of doing that. Everyone's sort of just, it's, it's a form of subtle rebellion. It's like a sit in, you know, or taking a knee during the national answer. I'm like, I'm not going to violently protest, but I want you to know I'm not on board with you, you know? Um, but I also think, because I, I think you both have a point, like, I think Sabine, what she's saying that, you know, this is about Tysan being antagonistic toward Ebony, and how can I undermine her? But I also think Maggie has a point where, I. you guys already know that my point of view about Tysan was that she honestly yeah. wasn't, like, trying to gain a throne mm-hmm. when she kept the farming lunch herself. Yes, she wanted to influence people. To live the way she thinks they should live. But she wasn't going to make a book of law. And say follow these rules Mm -hmm. to be me. All that jazz. And I do think she's regretting. She thought she could influence the mole rats. To do what she thought was right. That's why she kept the antidote to herself. You know and she was just like. I'm not going to give it to anybody. And she really thought she could lead them down her path. Whatever you know. Of doing this the right way. And she's reached a, a fork. Where she realizes I can't. There are too many people who want to use this for power. I thought I could. She's already had to battle Danny. If it was just Bray and the rest of the Marat, she could handle mm-hmm. it. But you got Danny. You got Ebony. And now she's reached that point where it's like, I should have just given this away to everybody. This is her last. This is her last threat. You know what I mean? I will not give into this where you're going, Bray. I'm trying to tell you, I'm not going down this path with you. I trusted you. And you're using this the wrong way. I'll give it away before I let you do that. And then he threatens to take away her home. And I'm like, see, Tyson, I told you you were going to regret your hubris, thinking you could handle this and make this decision for everyone. You should have just let it go. You should have never burnt that formula, ever. Yeah. Because now your tribe has this power. They are not going to let it go. And, and you played a part in that, you know? And so. Man, it goes against her power corrupts idea. What do you mean?
2: Oh, well, She kept saying that power corrupts. So, why did she want to have the power? Because she felt like she couldn't be corrupt. I mean,
3: because well, Yeah. But I mean. Yeah, I don't think she saw what she was doing no. as what everyone else I, was I doing. Mean. But mm-hmm. it does prove her power corrupts. Mm-hmm. Because look how it's mm-hmm. corrupted the way she sees it. It's corrupted That's her That's what I
2: was trying to say.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, sweetie. I thought you said it didn't prove her power oh, corrupts. Yeah. No, so it, like, it, it absolutely does.
1: <laughs> and she's seeing it, you know. And it may not have corrupted her. No, I still feel like it did a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I still feel like she definitely enjoyed having that over everybody's heads. You know, because you see how mm-hmm. she reacts when everybody tells her, no, yeah. we're not going to go get your plants. Sorry, bud. Like, you can get someone else to do that, you know? And you see how she reacts to that. She doesn't really care for the fact that Ebony's like, Oh, you know? And she's like, why are you telling me no? So then she starts to suspect, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I don't blame her or suspecting, but I feel like it was a little quick.
3: I don't know. It was a little fast. <laughs> if anything, whatever it is, it's a lesson in hubris, you know? And... Tysan thought, oh, I can influence all these people to do things the way I think it should be done. So she made a unilateral choice. And these are the ripple effects. Mm -hmm. And the Mallrats have done the thing. And here we are becoming a police state, you know, trying to hang on to this power by any means necessary. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. Our heroes are becoming more and more far removed from the people they originally started as. And we are so far removed from their original intention with this antidote now, you know, um, that they don't even recognize themselves. And none of them know how to deal with this, this change, which it just further compounds. I'm convinced they're the bad guys. You know what I mean? Like everything we see with them, they're being corrupted, more corrupted by their choices and it becoming a snowball effect. They can't pull the beast back in now. You know, Um, they have more and more to lose and it becomes scarier and scarier. Thinking about losing it and I'm like yeah, I saw this From the start you yeah. idiots
1: Can we talk about Bray and Danny's Scene for a second When Bray is playing basketball And Danny, <sighs> and Danny All but like Jumps down his throat when he Mentions her dad Like He's so sad. I, bad. I he so hate so that bad, scene. You know, and forlorn. And he's like, I miss my dad. Do you miss yours? And she's just like, No. Like it's another
2: I'm very much
1: like. <laughs> right? know,
2: like Nobody feet. should ask about my <laughs> like, dad.
1: You know, and, and my boyfriend was like, Oh my god, her parents must have been awful. And I'm like, <laughs> You ha- you don't know. You have no clue what's about to happen. Thank God, you know? <laughs> But like, it was just like they hit her. Did they? You know, um, it was just I felt bad for Bray for just a second because I'm like he just wanted to miss his dad, and she's like, Nah, son, you can't do that. Like well, this is, we don't we don't do that here.
3: It's moments like this. Okay, Bray is playing basketball for a moment. Bray is doing something fun. He's letting loose and he's enjoying himself, and it's poignant because we now yes. know he connects this with his past. You know, this he hasn't done this ever. We never see Bray having fun. So to see him take it upon himself to just play basketball, reminisce, you know, about his life. And then when he sees Danny, he shares that with her. I used to do this. I'd play out in the street, I had a basketball team, I played with my dad. Man, I miss him. He's just allowing himself a moment. And her reaction convinces me more than anything else. Bray didn't fall in love with Danny. He fell in love with the person who reminded him the most of Amber mm-hmm. because there is nothing about this girl that you can convince me right. Bray fell in love with. Mm-hmm. This is the way she reacts to you when you share a vulnerable moment with her. When you're saying, I miss my father, you know, this basketball, and just doing this. and. Oh, to be 17 again or whatever. And her reaction isn't to be like, right. no, I just don't like to think about it or whatever. It's to jump down his throat mm-hmm. and emotionally pistol whip <sighs> him for having nerve to share this with her and ask a question. And, and, I'm and like, she
2: instantly adds that no one should ask questions about her dad.
3: Exactly. Oh, please, exactly. Like what literally
1: all she had to say was, I, like you said, I don't like to think about it
3: it just hurts i don't like to talk about it and bray would have respected that Uh, oh right yeah i get that but no i'm like what is your no danny you're not a nice person i'm sorry that you're i'm sorry your dad made the virus i'm sorry you feel responsible for it you're not a nice person i'm just making that clear and i don't believe you that you want to help people you know you want to absolve yourself that is it because you aren't nice to anyone you're a dick (laughs) for you
1: good reason and when you (laughs) think oh she's being nice you know she's actually being nice for a change switch flips just like that and she's back to being this crazy person Mm -hmm. like it literally seems like she's she goes crazy for a second she loses her mind and she can't think about anything else but protecting her secret and (laughs) Bray doesn't know anything about your secret you don't have to be such a turd
3: understand I would I could I could give her a pass if Bray out of nowhere <laughs> just like hey Danny do you remember your dad you want to tell me about him like right I'd understand her being like where do you get off asking me about my past buddy you know what I mean get out of my face but Bray doesn't do that he shares something with her about himself first and then just admits how he's feeling and asks if she feels the same way. Mm-hmm. It and the way she snaps at him is so uncalled for yes. it's right up there like where did oh, you get that <laughs>
2: It's just so different from the scene we had last season with Bray and Amber.
1: Yeah. With
2: the ring and the keys. Them talking about, okay, yeah, this ring, my dad gave it to me, you know, all that. That's such a different vibe from this show It
1: absolutely is. And that's why it's like you question, how did that happen? How did they actually end up? Because I can't remember for the life of me. And maybe it's because I don't like it. I just kind of, you know... Tuned it out or whatever but at this point I'm like how does he like her
3: Exactly they don't actually form a relationship It's just Bray mm-hmm. Projecting his loss Onto Danny that's all that happened. You, you know Danny one. does nothing To you know convey A sense of reciprocity uh, She does nothing that yeah. would convince me That Bray would fall for her I'm just saying that no. you, know? you know I'm not blaming Elle or whatever but just No no, no. and that's why this just doesn't
1: work. I'm sorry, it doesn't she's work. She's just filling a void. she is, you know, and you see it, you know how easily he is with with Ebony later on in this season, and then how how easily he he changes things at the beginning of season. What is it three? Um. Yeah. Oh, how just he. You're right. Annie is just filler at this point. He is. She's just going, you know, to to fill his time, and right now he doesn't really need her to fill his time, so she's annoyed.
2: He's he's just using her. To keep away the time from having to, you know, from having to think about Amber
3: constantly. But it's important to you know he's not doing that consciously. No, no. no, he's not. I don't think Bray realizes that no. at all Mm-mm. why he's drawn to me and why he is pulled towards her. Yeah. Uh, like, if you told Bray, Bray, you do realize that the reason you like her is because she reminds you of Amber. He'd go into denial. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, no, I'd never do that. He's He doesn't even realize what he's doing, you know, that he's just put her in Amber's face and, well, you know, superimposed Amber's face on top of hers. And it's just like, yeah. all he sees are the things that remind him of Amber and completely ignores all of the other warning signs that there's something seriously wrong with Danny. This is not normal, these reactions that she's no. having. thats a hor- Those reactions come from a, a hormonal imbalance. Okay? When yeah. was the last time we saw someone react like this on the reg? <laughs> Wasn't it right after someone gave mm-hmm. birth? Hey, he uh-huh. had to deal with Trudy for nine months before that. And maybe he yeah. looks
2: normal.
1: I don't know. Maybe he thinks women Probably. act this way. Ebony's always been, you know, a certain way as well.
3: Like, he <laughs> he likes strong women. And when you compare this to a scene where, like, again, we've had people who don't want to talk about their past. And there is a scene, Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there is a scene where Amber makes it clear she doesn't want to talk about her past. Like, that, it's just sad. Why would you do that? I don't want to do it. Yeah. but. Even in that scene, she makes it clear, but in a gentle way. No, I don't want to talk about that. I don't enjoy talking about my past. Right. I barely right. know you, and I don't want to share that with you. But she's not biting anyone's head off. you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she just quietly tells somebody that, no, I don't want to share that with you. Because I don't like thinking about it. You know what I mean? Because I think he says the same thing to her where, do you ever think about your parents' And she's just like, no, I don't want to think about that, you know? But she doesn't, like, stab him metaphorically for having the nerve to say that to her. And I'm like, Danny, what is the matter with you? I'm sorry, everything I'm going to find out about you doesn't justify all of this behavior. It just doesn't. No, it doesn't. And At least a bit of it, though. I mean, not the way, not
2: not, not the w- it explains it. It doesn't justify it, but it explains it. Because she does have something to hide to do with her past, her parents.
0: I was gonna say, do you you think this is just that the yeah, writers just having needing to make another drop another hint, but they couldn't make yeah. it subtle for the obviously the age of the audience, they just had to make it heavy-handed. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. yeah. This is big yeah. red flag. Danny's something. So oh, dead. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She's definitely hiding something about her parents mm-hmm. or her dad, you know. Like for sure. Like that's definitely the first, I think, real big hint. We get that it's exempt about mm-hmm. her father I wish they'd done it
0: differently yeah. But yeah, it's because it just makes her look yeah. <laughs> So yeah. evil yeah.
1: It, looks, it makes her look insane Like I said, I don't like saying it But it makes her look, gone <laughs> mad For a moment Something in her
3: head flips and- If someone responded that way to me I would <laughs> just leave the room would, yeah, like, and Bray's just like, okay. I would back out too because I'm keeping my eye on you. I'm like, there's you are unhinged. You do this mm-hmm. too often for me to. There's something broken, and I've been here before. And you're not even pregnant. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> just taking my ball and I'm going home. So sorry to disrupt you. You invaded my space.
2: <laughs> right. I wonder if that's why he get up, gets over
3: her so quickly later on. Me. <laughs> He was like, oh, I get it yep. now. <laughs> when he's an and he realized, like, oh, I understand. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. i 2020. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're a problem now. <laughs> Let her annoy Jaffa. Oh, <laughs> <no>. Oh. <laughs> I feel kind of bad. Just a That's bit. actually quite a cruel punishment for the chosen. You <laughs> took her, you keep her. Enjoy.
0: <laughs> yeah!
1: Wow! Oh, boy. Let her write you guys uh, Some new laws Maybe that's what <laughs> happened She rewrote everything
2: I still say she went into the second house How oh, can you imagine her
3: and Jay together I've already said that she deserves better than Jay <laughs> But I would not mind Seeing Jay punished mm-hmm. by Danny Right Give him hell Danny I don't have any strong opinions about this episode I thought I would I was like ooh another flashback and then it was very underwhelming It's not a bad episode, I want that clear, not bad It does the job But I just didn't have any strong emotions about it either way Yeah,
1: that's why I was excited too When I first saw the flashback I'm like, oh, that's right, it's another one And then I was like, oh Okay, that happened Yeah
3: All the budget went into
0: the school flashback
1: <laughs> It did That's the one they were
0: passionate
1: about Yes, we, we know now
0: and we don't get a proper one until what? Season 5? Yes. Huh? Yeah, but no.
2: <laughs> we don't talk about that flashback. <laughs> Nuh
0: uh. Well, would you rather talk about the Season 3 flashback?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, Sage. La 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 la, can't hear it
0: at all. <laughs> hmm. Um. Oh, yeah, um, just uh, briefly, just to th- wrap up. Um. What did you make of um, Bray's threat to Tyson that he'd kick her out?
1: I think he's desperate at this point. Like, desperation. Because he, he he threatened to kill Ebony. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, every threat that's coming out of his mouth now is, like, hardcore, and he's like, "This is well, Where, happen, where, where is his desperation
0: coming from at this point? I... <laughs>
1: he's afraid Ebony's no, going to no, tell he's... on him.
2: And they won't yes, like him anymore.
1: Ebony, yes, he's afraid that Ebony is going to tell them what he did. And, They're gonna turn on him. He he, he's worried about people liking him, like Sabine said. On one
3: hand, Bray Bray doesn't have any right to be making threats. Also, nobody should take a single threat he makes seriously. Um he's not I would be like go ahead Are you gonna throw me out I'm gonna tell (laughs) everybody Why you plan on throwing me out or whatever I wouldn't care Like go ahead Bray What's the worst you can do but I understand that's not Tyson she doesn't have the omnipresence That I do I get that but Um I do think yeah it's so Hard for Bray to have to look in that Mirror and realize that he may be unlikable And that he may be He may be the problem And he like even if he can admit it to himself He doesn't want anybody Else to see it he, and again i get that he was supposed to, he was the oldest child he was supposed to be the good boy he was supposed to do everything right and some of us with oldest child syndrome have that problem we become obsessed with doing everything right all the time and we cannot bear the idea of messing up but even more so is anybody else knowing we messed up so we will We like, we put on airs that we have it under control, you know, even though we don't, because there's this obsession with holding up that appearance. I'm supposed to have it under control. So you take Bray with his hero complex and having been the oldest child, he was supposed to do everything right. And now he's a leader and he has all these people who trust him and care about him and expect him to do it. He can't just admit, I can't, I can't do this and I screwed up, you know, and so yeah, I, I can see why mm-hmm. he would threaten Tysan just out of fear. Like, no, I, I can't let anyone to know. He doesn't want her to know either, you know? And it's easier to kick her out than for her to find out. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And Amber believed in him. Amber believed that he could do this. And now oh, no. he, you know, he he is realizing he can't do it and maybe she was wrong and he's let her down and
3: Oh my gosh. And he was she was one of the people
0: he believed in well, anything maybe, maybe to make her threat. To him at this point. I I don't get it.
2: No, no, no. But I think more, I think Bray realized that Tyson figured it out. Yeah.
3: I don't know if he's realized that, but I think he's willing to say anything to scare her Mm -hmm. into not doing what she'll do. Because then she will find out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if she says, oh, I'm giving out the antidote formula to everyone... He sees that and goes, oh, okay, so she still doesn't know that someone else knows. But if she starts to give it out, that'll push Ebony to act. And then Tysan will find out what I've done. Mm -hmm. And not only Tysan, but everybody who trusts and believes in me will find out. So I'm going to say the scariest thing I can to her in the hopes that it'll work. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, whereas Tysan's saying what she can to try to find out if he
3: did give Mm -hmm. Ebony the antidote. I do think she's putting out feelers, like she's yes. suspicious. Because mm-hmm. when she mentioned it to like Ebony, she's looking at Ebony and she's like, Maybe I'll even share it with you. And Ebony didn't seem to take the bait. This silence tells me how underwhelming this episode <laughs> <is>. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just said they're going, Yep, that happened.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, how how I, feel I
1: know. I'm looking at that last question and I'm like what do I think is happening with the virus elsewhere? And I'm like, it's probably mutating and killing people and now it's not anymore, and...
0: I don't even want to think about that last question because it doesn't even... In the scope of the trial, it doesn't... Yeah, I don't, I don't even want to think about it. It's too much to
1: go I mean, the most we ever get outside of the city is what, a little town over?
3: hmm What we learn learned... Two. Actually, that's what's disturbing. All of season two is about this virus. And saving lives and then the power that comes with that responsibility that comes with all of this stuff that comes with all the baggage right and then later we're going to find out that there are swaths of communities where people survived the resurrection of the Mm -hmm. virus with no problem they don't even talk as though the virus came back they don't ever talk about finding their own version of the the antidote Mm -hmm. somewhere in another city Apparently, this only happened here, and then it makes it feel like, wow, none of this was actually all that necessary. Right. Because we meet way too many people after this who will never mention, oh, yeah, that second wave of the virus, that really messed Mm -hmm. things up for me, Mm -hmm. or, you know, I lost half of my Just nothing. It's like, how did this not affect... Anybody else ever How is it possible Even the technos never mentioned the second wave Of the virus which makes zero sense To me since you set up Ram As someone who's literally got a germ phobia Mm -hmm. You know like that would have been a comment That would have something we would have known Like about them Mm -hmm. And you know how they handled that And it never comes up again It's like the second wave never happened to anybody else Except in our little mysterious city
2: (laughs) It does feel like that Because even at the end of season one where they're headed towards Eagle Mountain. You have these kids setting up barricades because that second wave is just over there and we don't want to get you to get past these barriers and spread it out. Mm. It's just silly. And then Uh-oh. And then there were people like Sasha who traveled in and out of the city, spreading it everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs>
1: Clay, Austin,
3: was the one who brought it to the city. He's a carrier, man. <laughs> he is. He is the plague bringer mm. forever. Now that is official. Yep. It's canon. It matches the Pied Piper rat motif. Yep. Yep. that's where it came from. We don't blame
0: Sasha for spreading that's the virus.
3: <laughs> we are. We are blaming I Sasha. I think it would be funny. Give him something to do. <laughs> Give I love the do. idea of him frolicking in the wilderness, spreading apple seeds and flowers and plague. <laughs> plague. <laughs> and that's why he left again. Okay, what does that tell you? That this episode was so uninspiring that we devolved into the weirdest man ever.
0: <laughs> and on that cheery note, that brings series two, episode eighteen, to a close. Thank you very much to the panel, and if you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast, you can fill out the form over on our website, thetribe.co.uk, or send us a message over on our Facebook page. So we'll see you next time for episode 19. Until then, bye. 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 Bye.